Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am that host, Skits M. Jones. And let's kick into it like we always do with a look back on what has happened and a look forward on what is to come. Uh, this past week, Game of Microphones, uh, we had uh, a stacked lineup, so many comics. Uh, we had guest comics, Walid Ishmael and Mitch. Uh, we had competing comics, Andre Hashem, Luke Gerald, Jesse Chamberlain, Ray Wisbrock, Eddie P., Elaine O'Ryan, and your winner for the evening, Josh Chuboff, as well as headliner Darius Kennedy, um, who is fantastic and ridiculous, and all of the work that he did with a cardboard box uh, unexpectedly was uh, delightful. Uh, we're going to talk about Game of Mike's... Uh, that particular show a little bit more later on in the episode. But first, let's look at what is to come. This coming week, uh, Game of Mike's October 3rd. Another great lineup. We've got Penelope Torres, uh, John Osei, uh, Patrick O'Hara, Aaron Atkins, Joe DeGand, Mike Maxwell, and your headliner, Rudy Ruiz. Will there be more comics uh, announced? Will there be more guests? Who knows? You never know what's going to happen. Game of Mike's has been... Just an absolute roller coaster uh, for me since I, I came on. And it looks to continue to be so. So come out for that. It's going to be fun. Um, after that, on October 7th, which is a Monday, I'll be at So Emo. Uh, it's hosted by Gina Palm. Uh, drag King Dan McMahon is performing. Uh, fellow comics Daniela Mazio, Yaz Bot. Uh, Jordan Wilson and Whitney Chitwood. That is at Elixir Andersonville in Chicago. Uh, then Thursday, October 10th, I will be at Ashbury Improv at the Ashbury Coffee House in Willow Springs. It's my second time doing an Ashbury Improv. I'm super excited for it. Uh, there are two comics generally who perform before the, uh, the improv show. I will be one of them. I don't know the other just yet. Uh, and then after that is Improv. It's a, a really fun room. Um, I had a blast last time I was there, and I'm so excited to be there again. Uh, then, hey, uncouth is still a thing. Reminder, we're still doing shit. Uh, we've been a little, you know, radio silent of late because we've been working on the upcoming album and doing some other things and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But on October 16th, uh, we will be playing at The Owl in Chicago with Dust Bath and Cortege. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be so fun. I've never been to the Owl. I'm looking forward to it. Plus I'm looking forward to just, you know, flexing them vocal muscles once again, but getting back in the swing of singing. You know, I haven't even been karaokeing as much lately uh, because my Tuesdays have been so busy. I haven't been going to to the Mojo's open mic and then blue afterward for karaoke. Uh, so yeah, singing wise, I am uh, going to be practicing between now and the 16th, but no worries. I'll be good. Show's going to be great. Y'all should be there. If you've never seen my band Uncouth perform, uh, you should come out and see it. Um, we're, we're quite good. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, all right. So let's, get into the topic for the episode. Um, as I was hosting Game of Microphones this week, uh, as I am sometime want to do, I ask the crowd who they are there to see, you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, they're there to see one competing comic or another competing comic and 
things like that. And I, I have a little fun interplay that I'll do with all of that. Um, and as I was asking the crowd what comics they were there to see, uh, someone in, in the back yelled out Louis C.K. And I responded in a, you know, probably less than favorable manner. Um, you know, I made some cracks about how if uh, someone wants a comic who will jerk off in front of folks, they can sign up for my OnlyFans account because we only do that shit consensually in this room. Um, plus, I just outright said, fuck that guy a couple times. And, you know, I, I was loosely admonished afterward that I kind of lost the crowd a little bit with that, you know, and, and you know, as the host, the show is not about me or, you know, anything like that. And, and generally, I'm pretty good good about, you know, keeping myself out of the show, uh, and, you know, just continuing on with the night and keeping the energy up. And, and I think I recovered, uh, after, you know, we wavered a little bit, but it was definitely a thing where I was just like, no, nah, no, I'm not having that tonight. Um, you know, I, like I said, very tired, very worn out. It's been a whirlwind, fucking week. It's been a whirlwind month. I'm so glad it's almost over because holy fuck has September been a, just a, a lot, a lot of really great. Don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of really great, but there's also just been a lot. Um, and so I, you know, I, I stayed skits M Jones as opposed to being the representative of game of microphones. And, you know, my opinion is fuck that guy. There are so many amazing, dynamic, wonderfully talented comics who aren't, uh, abusing their, their power and their stature and, you know, ruining, uh, the careers of other people. You know, people, there's this huge debate in comedy that like, oh, all these comics are getting their careers ruined because they're not PC or whatever. And Louis CK gets lumped into that for some reason, even though, no, that's like a sexual aggressor. Uh, that's, that's not, PC comedy, that's, um, that guy did heinous shit, personal lifestyle. But there's this whole big thing that's going on in comedy, uh, about, you know, whether PC culture is killing comedy. And I feel like I heard this shit back in the eighties when people first started talking about PC. Um, like th this is, it's not new. This is hack shit. All right. Plain and simple fucking hack shit. If you're still, wanting to rail about how, oh, it's unfair, I can't say this word or that word. That's the same discussion that's been happening since the fucking 80s. And I'm not talking censorship in terms of whether or not you should be able to say fuck. I'm talking about censorship in terms of whether or not you should be able to say faggot if you're not in the queer community, um, you know, and use it as a pejorative for a punchline. You know, whether or not you should be able to say the N-word, whether or not you should be able to talk about raping people, you know, like, if you're just looking to shock people by saying offensive shit, that's every fucking open mic, if you've got a Netflix special, and that's the shit you're relying on, fuck you, you fucking hack, plain and simple, if shock value is all you've got, fuck you, that's my personal stance, and is that the stance of Game of Microphones? Probably not. I don't know. I'm not the entirety of the show. Um, I'm just the one on the stage at that point in time. So I, I don't know. Like, but genuinely, fuck Louis C.K. Like, he truly damaged people's careers because 
of his actions, you know, and that's unforgivable. And, you know, people could be like, well, he damaged his career too. Good. It was his actions. Fuck him. Like, I don't care. You suffer the consequences of your actions. If the consequence is that you lose some fucking audience, uh, good that you did that. That's fine. You know, just like I know there's audience that's not going to be on board with me saying fuck Louis CK. And as my audience, like, all right, fine. Fuck them. I don't care. Whatever. Um, I'll say fuck Bill Cosby. I'll say fuck Shane Gillis. I don't give a shit. Fuck that guy. That none of those were punchlines. That was a guy ranting on a podcast, just saying racial slurs and, you know, uh, sexual orientation slurs because it's funny to him because he thinks less of those people. Like that's all that says. Um, you know, it's, it's wild watching, uh, stand up, you know, weekly, uh, on, on multiple levels, you know, small and large in, in the past, you know, year and a half. Uh, it's wild. The one like big stereotype that so many, especially white guys from the suburbs feel so comfortable doing is Asian shit. Um, you know, cause they know they can't do, uh, shit about black people. Uh, so now they're going after Asian people and it's weird. Like, I don't know why that's a thing. Um, so I, I don't know, like, fuck, fuck them, you know, but getting back to the topic, the balance of brands is tricky. Like I've got my personal brand and I say what I want as a representative of self and the Skits M Jones brand. Um, you know, and that's helped me when focusing on individual, you know, my individual sets and, you know, shows that I'm booked on as a performer, you know, but the game of microphones brand requires me to be something different, you know, so, uh, balancing all those things is tricky. Um, you know, cause I, I, I enjoy hosting, but that's not what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like, I don't just want to be a show host. I want to be a headliner. I want to be a a touring performer. I want to make this my living. Um, you know, and hosting ain't doing it right now. Um, you know, so trying to balance the, the writing and rehearsing and performing of my own material and trying to get into rooms and trying to get into spaces so I can perform and then maintaining the home base, you know, and where, you know, I'm not going into each hosting set with uh, a set. I'm going in kind of flying by the seat of my pants because I, I, my job is to engage that crowd and I don't know what's going to work with any given crowd. And this time I was off the mark, you know, um, I got too preachy, you know, had I left it at the, uh, you know, maybe the quip about the only fans and the consent line and then left it at that and moved on. Maybe I would have been, uh, uh, hotter, you know, and the crowd would have been hotter. Um, but I, I went another, you know, couple lines too long and you know, that happens, uh, when you're winging it. Um, you know, so trying to, trying to balance the, the off the cuff, high energy 
and, you know, have the wherewithal to do that and keep my wits about me and also try and remember, you know, all the shit that I'm trying to do for all these other shows I've got coming up. It's a weird balance and it's one I'm still working on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. I'm, you know, I, I tell people all the time, look, I'm a year and a half into this. That is so new. Um, and in terms of, you know, the, the hosting producing gig, I've been doing that for a few months. So still super new. Um, you know, and I I have to forgive myself sometimes if I'm off the mark, you know, because again, this is all very new and it's practice and it's, it's, you know, the more you do a thing, the better you're going to get at it. And I'm going to get better from here. Um, you know, in, in other rooms, maybe everyone would have been totally on board with that. Maybe I would have had a crowd that got fucking hyped for me saying, fuck Louis CK. Uh, maybe this just wasn't the night and wasn't the room. Who knows? Uh, you know, but it's my job to read that room and figure that shit out. And I didn't cause I was in my own head. Um, so yeah, that's a thing that happened. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to not uh, recognize that, you know, like I'm going to learn from it and move on from it. And and again, you know, if something like that comes up, uh, the retort should be quick, snappy and move the fuck on. You know, I doubled down. That was my problem. Um, and you know, that's, that's something I'm going to have to continue working on. Um, but it's all new and a lot of it is, you know, first timey kind of shit, you know, like, Today, later today, after the recording of this episode, uh, I will be doing my first booked private gig. Um, that's a, a, a thing that I'm going to be doing, and I have no idea what to expect. Uh, you'll hear all about it on Wednesday's episode, I'm sure. Um, but it's, it's wild. I've never done a, uh, you're not promoting, you're not, you know, there's no flyers, there's no advertising, there's no nothing. We are paying you to show up and do your thing in front of an audience. Um, and, and it's a private audience like that. I, I've never done that before. So I'm like super stoked, super nervous. I'm always nervous. I'm nervous before every fucking show. Um, I truly am. I've been performing since I was a child and I get nervous every time I perform. Um, I think the only... The only thing that I've done performance-wise where I wasn't getting nervous was the uh, MC hosting of wrestling shows. Um, and, I, you know, I think part of that is there's so much that was going on that I didn't need to be all that nervous about it. Because, no, you know, like, people were paying attention to me, but they weren't really paying attention to me. They were there for the wrestling. Um, you know, so that's what their eyes were on. Um but I also think the fact that I no longer got that nervous excitement is part of the reason that I'm not in the business anymore. Like it no longer felt it, it was no longer challenging me in addition to all the other things that caused me to leave the business. Um, you know, but music still challenges me. Comedy challenges me. These things are, are exciting to me because of how, afraid I am of that, of that crowd. Like I genuinely am. I am afraid of the crowd. Um, because it is my job to make them 
feel whatever it is they're expecting to feel or feel something completely different. But it's my job to engage them and make them feel something um, and make them respond and, and enjoy their, their time, you know, um, which going back to that, that whole argument of the, you know, what's killing comedy, etc. Uh, people who think that it's not their job to make the crowd enjoy themselves. That's what you're getting paid for, especially in comedy. Your job is to go make people laugh. If you're making people cringe or feel bad or like feel less of themselves or feel unsafe or anything like that, fuck you, you're not doing your job. Your job is to bring joy to people. That's your job. That's comedy. Comedy is laughter. You know, and that's not to say you can't touch on shit and, you know, find catharsis in some shit and bring up some dark shit and all of that. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you're not making people laugh, you fail, you know, uh, get, get into a different performance style, go be an orator or, uh, go give Ted talks, you know, like comedy is about creating enjoyment and joy and laughter for the audience. So I don't know. I I've been on a whole bunch of tangents. Uh, crowds terrify me. I'm super nervous. And I love doing it. I love the fact that it scares me. Because uh, it's one of, the, one of the main things in life that does. Uh, because I never want to let an audience down. If I have let an audience down, that is a failing on my part. Uh, so that, you know, there are stakes for me. Um, and that's probably why I'm still talking about a fucking, you know, relatively forgettable host set from a, a Thursday night where I wasn't the headliner. I wasn't one of the guests. I wasn't one of the, the featured competitors. I was the host. I am just the mechanism that keeps the show moving. You know what I mean? Like, and that, that's not saying I'm not diminishing the role, but that's the role. Like it is my job to be the mechanism that keeps the show moving, keeps the energy up and does all the things. And by and large, you know, I did that. This was one, you know, one minute window out of, you know, maybe nine minutes up top where it got hairy, but I have to pay attention to that one minute because that one minute could make or break, uh, an, an actual set, you know? So it's all about paying attention to what's working and what's not. But anyway, I've, I've rambled on this topic for long enough. Y'all know, you know, if, if you've been listening to the podcast, y'all know my opinions on, you know, who's owed a laugh? And the answer is nobody. Nobody is owed a laugh. Who's owed an audience? Again, nobody. Nobody is owed an audience. Um, you have to earn these things. And if you have done shit that has caused you to lose these things, well, that's not censorship. That's you didn't do your job. Period. You know, so that's, that's I guess, all I got to say about, about that for right now. Um let's move on. Uh, let's get into the recommendations portion of the show. Um, you know, I have a TV recommendation. Let's kick into that. Uh, American Horror Story 1984. If you're following me on social media, you know, I'm already on board with this show. Um, I've watched every season of American Horror Story. Um, I've enjoyed all of them. Roanoke, my least favorite. Um, but by and large, Every season has had at least some elements that I've been really into. 
Um, the ridiculous camp that Ryan Murphy and company indulge in allows them to go places in the 80s nostalgia genre that more serious fare like Stranger Things would never allow for. And I love that because people forget just how ridiculous the 80s were. Like, they were ridiculous. You know, whether it's the, the film trends like summer camp slashers or fitness trends like jazzercise style aerobics or the fashion trends... Um, all of them are being happily and gamely modeled by the cast here. Everything plays with a layer of cheese, um, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like, it is camp gloriousness. Um, and anything that highlights Billy Lord is an automatic win for me. Like, uh, whether it's her work on American Horror Story, you know, in the, in the season's cult or, uh, or apocalypse prior to this one, uh, or her role in Booksmart, where she was just absolutely brilliant and hysterical. Um, you know, I, I'm i a fan of this show. Uh, first two episodes have been great so far. So, you know, get caught up on this season and, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, moving on from that, let's get into the song recommendations. First song I'm going to recommend is Fix Up Look Sharp by Dizzy Roskell off 2002's Boy in the Corner. Uh, Dizzy Rascal is a pioneer of the UK's grime genre. It uh, developed in the early 2000s, you know, features uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of sampling, a lot of lo-fi, a lot of use of, uh, you know, garage music, a lot of, um, uh, I, I think, oh God, who is it? Was it The Streets who did an entire you know, album using nothing but his fucking, uh, old, you know, NES, uh, 8-bit, or maybe it was a Super Nintendo using 16-bit, uh, music, um, you know, Lady Sovereign was another, uh, feature in the, in the, in the grime scene, the kind of, the ones I'm naming are the ones who kind of broke through to the U.S., um, and this song, uh, Fix Up Look Sharp was the second single, off the album Boy in the Corner, and it was the first that really did break through in the U.S. Um, Dizzy Roscoe also went on to do uh, a, a live mashup with uh, uh, Florence and the Machine, uh, putting together uh, the songs Dirty Love and You've Got the Love to create You've Got the Dirty Love. Um, you know, and as a huge Florence and the Machine fan, uh, I, have, I have, oh God, three? No, two... I have like two or three Florence and the Machine tattoos. Um, but, I, you know, anyone who collaborates with Florence, I'm automatically giving time to. But I was familiar with Dizzy Rascal, like I said, back in 2002. Uh, this track, uh, Fix Up Look Sharp, features a sample from Billy Squire's song, The Big Beat, uh, which is a widely sampled song. It's also been sampled by artists such as Jay-Z, Tribe Called Quest, Ice Cube, Alicia Keys, Run DMC, and so many more. Uh, in fact, that brings us to our next song recommendation. Another artist who sampled Billy Squire's The Big Beat is Beck, uh, who used the sample on the, on the, the track Soul Sucking Jerk off 1994's Mellow Gold, which is the album best known for the, the single that launched Beck into MTV-era stardom, Loser. Uh, however, neither of those, Soul Sucking Jerk or Loser, uh, happened to be the Beck song that I'm recommending for this episode. Instead of flashing back to 94, uh, we're heading to 2017's album Colors, 
uh, and the single of the same name. So the song Colors off the album Colors by Beck. The video for this track is fantastic. Uh, it was directed by Edgar Wright of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Baby Driver, plus a number of music videos in addition to this one. Uh, and this video also features uh, Alison Brie of Glow fame, who is like major crush, right? Uh, she's fantastic. Um, and, you know, she's just weird and, and uh, off-kilter enough to balance with uh, Beck, who's also in the video, and his weird off-kilterness. Uh, it's just a, a, a weird little video. It's a fun little song. Like, this song is a jam, also. I want to say that. You know, it's easy to forget about Beck. Um, you know, because, like, since the 90s, Beck hasn't been at the forefront of anything, but Beck is still constantly delivering really good music. And uh, I, I think it's easy to forget about Beck and write Beck off. Beck is the one human being who is a Scientologist where I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that dude believes that there's aliens and volcanoes. That's totally... That is the guy that I imagine would do that. And, you know, listening to his music and, and seeing his, his aesthetic and the things that he's into, yeah, totally makes sense. So, um, those are the songs. Uh, I guess now we will get into our final uh, portion of the episode, which, as always, is the card pull. Uh, this time we're pulling from uh, Emily Autumn's Asylum Oracle deck once again. Um, and as I've mentioned in the past, this deck is divided into five different suits, Earth, Air, Fire, Water, and Spirit, each one representing a different kind of part of the human experience. Uh, the card that I've pulled is the Bridge, which is a spirit card. Uh, and spirit cards are all about digging into one's self. And the bridge is the last card in the deck, not counting the blank customizable card that comes with the deck, uh, which allows everyone to make the deck kind of their own. Uh, I've yet to do anything with the blank deck because I just haven't felt inspired to do so yet. But um, the bridge being the last card in the deck is a, a, represent, uh, a representation of of uh, personal growth and readiness for change. Um, crossing the bridge could be many things, you know. Uh, crossing a bridge can be a graduation. It can be an escape. It can be uh, a move. It can be uh, just a, a change in dynamics. Regardless, there is a new freedom that comes with crossing the bridge, but you have to first go across it. And that's a daunting task because... You know, you might be able to see the bridge, but you can't see the other side because the other side is always the unknown. The future is the unknown. Um, but you've done the work to get to the bridge. You know, you've traveled all the places you can before arriving at this crossing. Um, and, you know, there's nothing saying you have to burn the bridge once you've crossed it. You could always go back if you have to and reassess and readjust. Um, you know, there's always the, the possibility that, you know, crossing the bridge won't find what you seek. Um, but there's always more bridges after that as well. You know, you can, you can go back or you can keep going forward and find out what's next after the next thing, you know, uh, but the only way to know what's on the other side of the bridge is to cross it. And to do so, you have to trust yourself and you have to trust the journey you've taken thus far. 
you know, everything you've done has gotten you to the point where now you have to gamble on yourself as you venture into the unknown. What are you going to find on the other way, on, on the other side of the bridge? And the only way to know is to go. Uh, there's a, a Henry Rollins quote that says knowledge without mileage equals bullshit. Um, meaning, you know, if, if you want to know about the world, if you want to know about yourself and your place in it, you've got to go engage with it, you know? So for this, you've got to go cross that bridge. If you want to learn some things about yourself and the world around you, I know the last episode, uh, we talked about opening doors you know, and, and making space for other people to, to go through those doors. And this is another one of those kind of things. You're crossing a bridge to find out what's on the other side. And once you know what's on the other side, maybe you can bring people with you, you know, um, because as, as you're developing self, one of the, one of the best things about developing yourself is, is how you can use self and your own experiences to help make the world better for others. Um, you know, so go get the knowledge about what's on the other side and give that knowledge to some other people, you know, and make their crossing of the bridge that much easier. You know, maybe there's a, a, a step on the bridge that's, uh, you know, unstable. Maybe there's, you know, a, a quicker way to cross the bridge. Who knows? You know, but get that information and pass it on to others and do things for others and be a good person and help others out. And like, seriously, there's so much heinous, nasty bullshit in this world. If you're not trying to make the world better for other people, um, what are you doing? What are you doing with your time? You know, like shit's hard enough. You know, I guess that's all I got to say. Well, that and this, as always, you know, keep that trash fire burning.